Your insurance needs are as unique as the work you do and the industry you're in. Having the right protection in place is just the start. There's so much you can do to mitigate risks to your business for today and as you grow. At Sovereign Insurance, we're here to help with valuable information, insights, tips, and tools to help you protect your operations. Visit SovereignInsurance.ca to learn more. Welcome to the Startup Canada podcast, a weekly show serving Canada's entrepreneurship community. I'm your host, Rick Spence, business journalist, editor, public speaker, and entrepreneur. After 15 years as the national entrepreneurship columnist at the National Post, and as the former editor and publisher of Profit, the magazine for Canadian entrepreneurs, I've learned what makes Canadian startups special, scalable, and successful. On this show, we connect you with Canada's most innovative and entrepreneurial leaders and changemakers. You'll meet the people driving the entrepreneurial movement and we'll share their first-person adventures and their tips, hacks, and best advice for running startup and growth companies. The Startup Canada podcast is a production of Startup Canada, the national rallying community for Canada's 3.5 million entrepreneurs. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere else you listen to your podcasts. To entrepreneurs everywhere, this is your show. Ladies and gentlemen, entrepreneurs from coast to coast to coast, welcome to the Startup Canada podcast. During the month of March in celebration of International Women's Day, Startup Canada, startup communities, leading women entrepreneurs, government and industry partners are coming together to celebrate the contributions and achievements of women entrepreneurs to the Canadian economy. This month in the Startup Canada podcast, join us as we chat with women founders and support organizations who are choosing to challenge the status quo to build a more gender-balanced world to accelerate gender parity and unleash the economic potential of women. On the show today, we're thrilled to have Ashley Werhun. Ashley is the CEO and co-founder of Mentorly.co in Montreal. That's mentorly.co. Mentorly is a cloud-based mentorship solution for businesses, schools, and organizations designed to make mentorships more intentional, accessible, and immediate. Mentorly Marketplace is an open platform that connects mentors and mentees in creative industries all over the world. Ashley's background, as you might guess, is professional dance. She spent the last decade touring the world, performing with Ballet Jazz de Montreal, Ballet BC, and the U.S.-based Trey McIntyre Project. Dancing and doing development work at the Trey McIntyre Project, Ashley discovered her love for entrepreneurship, fundraising, and team building. In short, she caught the disruption bug. Ashley is dedicated to clearing the path for the next generation, supporting each individual and ensuring everyone knows that their gifts and ideas are valid and deserve their own platform. She continues to give back through talks, masterclasses, and, of course, mentoring. Ashley, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. Really excited to be here. Great to have you. So the first question we like to say here is what kind of learnings, what new ideas can listeners expect to hear from our conversation today? Yeah, I think we'll dive into, you know, how entrepreneurs and startup founders can make the most of mentorship. It's a little bit confusing. It can often feel um, like you don't know how to move forward in those relationships. So I think we can dive into that. And then I think we're going to talk a little bit about Mentorly's pivot 
and how we've reinvented ourselves and become really successful um, despite the global pandemic. So I think those two things will be really helpful for uh, folks that are tuning in. The, the dreaded pivot, eh? Sounds like things didn't go quite according to plan the first time around. Actually, the pivot was, uh, it was great for us. It opened up new opportunities. Um, it wasn't dreaded. Um, it was an opportunity that presented itself within the market and we kind of followed suit. So um, our pivot was a really beneficial one um, and we've learned a lot through it. I love it. Okay, well, let's, uh, let's go back um, and just talk about what was the spark that, that, that led to Mentorly and what was the initial plan? Yeah, so both of the co-founders, myself and Catherine McNaughton, were professional artists. So like you said, I was a professional dancer and she owned a film company, a production company for eight years as a filmmaker. So we both know those those realms really well. And we both had a shared experience around mentorship. Um, on my end, um, I was often on tour seven months of the year. So, um, you know, in, in East Asia or Europe and post-show, I'd get so many questions and messages in my inbox with pretty vulnerable questions about people's careers. And it didn't really feel right to dive deep with them in like a Twitter inbox. And then when I talked to Catherine about her experience, she kind of echoed it. And it was really incredible to say, no, I've had the exact same experience from the other end. I'm looking for a business mentor and it's really closed off and I can't really find one. So we both had this big need in our minds of, you know, this has to be more organized. There must be a better way to solve this. Okay. I don't, I don't, sorry, I don't quite get it. Um, you're dancing, you're in the troupe around the world, and yet you're getting these emails about mentoring. Now, where is that coming from? There's a part of your life I don't quite understand yet, I think. Yeah, so a lot of um, up-and-coming artists will kind of look to professionals to um, you know, emulate them and see how they got there. And so sometimes you're giving a master class on tour and you meet young artists. Um, oftentimes when you're performing, it's coupled with outreach. So you do classes and engagements. And you always want to follow up with them after. Um, and so a lot of people, especially in the age of social media, will just look you up and reach out for mentorship. And this is common across areas and industries. A lot of like leaders in their professions will just get a ton of messages from, from young folks trying to, quote unquote, make it and ask questions on how to do the same. And it sounds like you did your best to help them. I mean, given your busy schedules and rehearsals and everything else. Yeah, I mean, it really reminds you when you mentor of why you started in the first place, um, despite like the stresses and things that you go through as a professional. Um, mentoring, I, I had so much joy from it because you're reminded of why you did it and you're able to just like shine a light on the real world environment rather than maybe their professor would who's not actually in the industry. Right. So what was the aha moment when you guys realized that uh, there was a better way to do mentoring? Yeah, we had some great um, advice from the start. And the, the first piece of entrepreneurial advice was just like talk to your market before building anything. And so I know we had a survey monkey um, sent out to a lot of creatives across both of our networks. And we were mindful not only to, you know, talk to friends because they're going to give biased feedback, but also have them distribute it. And we asked questions like, um, you know, what's important to you? Is it someone in your city or are they across the country in a different market? Um, would you like this to be virtual? Like different questions to form our idea of mentorly. And um, the overwhelming response was like, this needs to be solved. There needs to be a better way. Um, would love to participate as a mentor. Um, and so we, that kind of got us really excited to to build the first iteration. 
that when did you and Catherine decide that, you know, hey, there's a business here? Yeah, in 2016, um, you know, the business um, was incorporated and then we worked on the MVP. I was still dancing professionally and Catherine was working full time on it. And then we launched the summer of 2017. Um, so we, we recruited 200 mentors to the platform. So we already had them there when we launched, when we kind of hit go and let people sign up. So let's talk about the platform. You've got mentors, you've got organizations that are involved, and I guess you have people looking for help. How, what is the market matching that you're doing here? Yeah, great question. So, you know, we kind of hinted on it earlier of the big pivot. We started as a marketplace, um, kind of connecting people who needed a mentor with a vetted mentor. Um, and they would connect on our platform and join via video call and folks would pay for sessions individually. And then really early on in that journey, we had inbound interest from you know, renowned universities um, saying, hey, we really like your technology, but we need it for our people. So we don't need the mentor base, we have both sides of the equation, um, but we need a technology to match them, to measure you know, how mentorship is going, to understand who's connecting, because by and large, they were doing it on spreadsheets. And so that's when we started to work on Mentorly Enterprise, what is now Mentorly Enterprise, um, which was launched in the summer of 2020. So that was in beta for almost two and a half years with clients using it within their organization. And we formally launched that this last summer. And congratulations. So how many organizations do you have now that are running their mentorship programs on your platform? Thanks. Yeah. So historically, we've had about 18 organizations doing it actively. We have a bit less now because some of those were pilot projects. Um, but we have large organizations that are, you know, ranging from 500 members to, um, you know, multiple thousands of members. Um, and it's kind of like a turnkey solution. They can go on their mentor mentorly platform and create different portals, different programs, and they all get like data feedback. So it's data that they didn't have before. Um, and of course, because of the pandemic and everyone being remote, um, video led mentorship kind of found a new wave of excitement. Um, and, uh, you know, we're counting on people learning now on to how to run mentorship at scale and then continuing even when we go back into person. Right. So far, we've been talking about mentorship as if it's a, if, if, as if it's a good thing. Um, and I think it is. Um, mm -hmm. But I don't associate mentorship with you know, conventional corporations. Hmm. We have reporting structures. I report to my boss who reports to her boss who reports to his boss. Um, and once in a while, they force us to sit down and have one-on-ones <laughs> to talk about progress. How does mentorship fit into big organizations today? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so a lot of folks have programs already internally. Um, they do have the one-on-one -on -one structure and that's more for like a manager um, check-in one-on-one on performance. But what companies are really investing in is communication across their teams, identifying talent that may have gone um, you know, untouched or underappreciated just because they, there wasn't communication across teams um, and as a retention model as well. Um, you know, 70 or sorry, 87% of millennials say that they expect mentorship when they join a company. So it's one thing that um, right now millennials are actually um, valuing mentorship and learning and development opportunities equally to salary. So 
what's happening right now um, in corporations is that they're trying to find programs that they can put in place to serve this. Um, and so, you know, out of the Fortune 500 companies, you know, 71% of them already have programs. Um, but in those programs, 37% of people say that they have mentors. So there's a massive gap. These programs are existing, but they're not really optimized. And then we've seen um, an explosion of new programs this year as well for diversity, equity, and inclusion programs to help uh, diversify and find mentorship within companies. So it is something that companies are actively investing in, um, and it's tied to their, their ethos now is they have to create learning opportunities while people are at home. They wanna create opportunities just for culture building in general. Like I think when we were in office, we were able to find that mentor. Maybe someone would ask us for lunch or we'd go to an event with you know, a colleague from a different city and we'd create that opportunity. And now those opportunities don't exist. So um, it is a focus on you know, large corporations and then even networks like, like Startup Canada. That's, that's all very cool because I mean, what, what you've been saying is that the past year that we've gone through with all the upheaval and the questioning and the turbulence and the insecurity has actually been leading us towards new solutions for relating to each other and mentorship could be a big part of that. Yeah, I think so. I mean, of course, it's like just incredibly devastating, but what it has done is push people forward to adopt technology faster. Um, and if this is part of the future of work, then, you know, it's our duty to serve people the tools to be able to do it well. And especially within the teams like program managers or chief of talent, if they don't have the tools, then it's, it becomes too much, you know, and, and getting a program off the, the ground is pretty complex. Um, and so I think it's moving us into a future where we have to be more intentional about connecting people and you have to carve out the space. Like we don't, at Mentorly, we don't believe that mentorship, that just something that happens, like, you know, just someone will take you under their wing. Like that's not really acceptable anymore. Um, you have to create the space for that to happen um, because what happens in that situation too is, you know, pattern matching occurs. So someone that reminds you of them or has a similar background and that leaves entire populations out. And so we hope that, you know, the future of work both remote and, and a combination of the two, people will start to create structures so that mentors and mentees can both participate. It sounds like you should be exploding in terms of the, the, the growth of mentally because it seems that mentoring by creating you know, these new, very positive relationships in organizations should 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 really be a, a solution uh, to a lot of problems for organizations. Um, are you seeing that? Are you seeing a lot of interest? Have you got some really good sales and marketing people out there, you mm -hmm. know, holding open bags for people to throw money into? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly how entrepreneurship <laughs> goes. Yeah, I wish. Well, we have seen... A massive spike. I mean, this time last year in January, we were three people and now we're 10. Um, we saw 500, like 450% spike since last year. So um, in revenue. So it, yeah, we'll just say that 2020 has been a, a really massive year for us. Um, and it, it kind of feels like the beginning. Um, you know, you can imagine in 2017, when people are doing video calls, there's kind of the, well, I could do this in person. And now we can't. But it does lead to a lot bigger opportunities because, you know, it's not limited by geography anymore. It's just based on skill set and willingness to give back. So, um, yeah, we've definitely 
been one of the very fortunate companies to survive this last year. Um, I know a lot of companies have not been so lucky and to thrive. And, and we don't take that lightly. We really are, are grateful to be working on a problem that is existing. You know, I know it's not the same for my colleagues in travel and, and other spaces this year. I presume it, that everything that goes on on your platform is is confidential, but I'm wondering if you can share any sort of mentoring success stories that you may have overheard or that enthusiastic clients might have wanted to tell you about. Um, you know, what, 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 what are the benefits of mentoring that we're actually seeing happening on the platform? Yeah, that's a good, it's a good take that we can't share any corporate stories. A lot of that information is protected, but some of the data we can share um, is is huge increases in levels of confidence. So we asked mentees before and after, you know, what was your confidence level going into this mentorship program and what is it after? Um, and the spikes are, are pretty significant for people. Um, qualitatively, we've had people find new jobs um, that were part of like more of a networking client. So not internally within an organization, but maybe a network like Startup Canada. You know, people are taking bigger risks. Um, they're exploring new markets. So we have a success story of someone in Australia wanting to move to Russia, actually. She was a creative and she doing that work without some guidance would be near impossible. Like the only other option is to actually travel there and back. Um, and with a mentor that had a lot of experience there, she was able to, you know, look at the market and then go and, and have a lot of success. So, um, you know, more broadly, mentorship allows people to feel seen and heard. It leads to a lot um, bigger opportunities for um, advancement within your own workplace. Um, and we're keeping our eye on the effects on retention within companies as well. So that's a story yet to be told? Um, yeah, I mean, I mean we can't, again, yeah, yeah, we can't share specific data at this moment um, because we just launched in this summer. But, um, you know, we know from studies that mentorship does has that effect. And so that's what we're going to keep our eye on uh, going forward. I think, Right now, when people talk to talent, like they really, in 2020, they really understand how they're being taken care of by their workplace, right? And they had to change everything. Like if, if how we take care of our, our workplace is, is doing events and cocktails and, and different, you know, bonding exercises, like their ears are up. Are they still doing that? Are they paying attention to my health and well-being while I'm at home? Or is that not a priority? Is, is output a really priority, right? If my company's made a big statement on diversity and inclusion, like what's happening? What is actually taking place? And so, you know, it's as much as there's so much unemployment, it also is, is a, a rush to maintain that talent you have because now the options are more open. Like they can move anywhere they want <laughs> um, until the rules change. Um, so it's really important for companies to put like forward solutions that are tangible um, for people to participate. So uh, we're excited to see the outcomes. Tell me, Ashley, are there some best practices around organizational mentorship that you've been able to witness or even help develop in terms of who gets mentored, who does the mentoring and, you know, what people talk about and what sort of outcomes are expected from, men from formal mentoring programs? So when you think about your mentoring program, um, you're trying to create the gap that you're seeing in your specific culture. So um, that varies dependent on organization, um, but we do know that adults learn best from their peers as peer-to-peer -peer learning, whether that's someone that's five, 10 years above them or one year above them, but that's how adults learn best and not necessarily through 
like video trainings and courses. So that's something that we know to be certain of why mentorship successful. Um, generally, we see uh, people setting up programs that cater to new hires or people that are part of a specific group, so maybe of a diverse background, and they try to connect them with people um, within the organization. Uh, you kind of hit it on the head. Sometimes it's across teams, so in another area of the organization, and sometimes it's in the same um, vertical, but much more advanced. So maybe they're an, an executive or a little bit higher up. Um, and what this does is it allows them to kind of bring all those questions that they don't get to answer, their team that they work with every day, that are maybe a little bit more broad. Um, it could be about succession within the company. It could be a personal, like, how are you thriving from working from home? Um, we leave the agendas up to the people that request the session, but our technology does encourage people to take those steps. So to book a time, to set an agenda, to follow up, we transfer that data back to the organization. Um, so we've built in some of those best practices on the mentor and mentee side into the technology. And the thought there is when you use Mentorly, you're gonna forge a better relationship because it has um, more structure. Um, but there's a lot of evidence out there that you know peer-to-peer -peer mentorship, so at the same level is really successful. And then there's even reverse mentorship, you know, when someone a little bit more junior um, mentors you. And I think what that's telling the world is just that the classic, like, you know, I'm an executive and you're an intern type relationship is not always the way. There are different levels of mentorship that can be successful. Um, oftentimes, the people that use Mentorly have, in fact, different programs for different subsets of their community that they're setting up in different ways. Um, and then another thing that people often use Mentorly for is to learn. Uh, sometimes when they launch a mentorship program, they're not actually sure of what's successful and what their people need. And so they launched like an a la carte program where people can just sign up and request a session with whomever they want. And they can start to see that data around where is their need. So that's really kind of mentee driven analytics. Um, so sometimes, you know, the organizations know what they want and they need to put that in motion. And other times they're still learning, which is exciting. Yeah. I mean, I just love the idea of organizations recognizing that, that, that people work best within relationships and to, to try and sprinkle very positive relationships around the organization that didn't otherwise exist. Because I can think of a million times when that would come in handy to ask for some advice from someone who's more senior or compare notes with somebody um, or just, you know, be able to have some additional perspective on how the organization works. Because um, generally, you're sort of alone as a cog in the wheel. And, and even at the mid-management level in, in management, you know, you're never sure who you can trust or who can you, you can confide in. So it just sounds like a, right. a brilliant thing. And I hope that every company on earth signs up with you. I, I hope so, too. I think we kind of, you know, take for granted that you can meet someone for lunch or run into them in the real world and have that support. And now that we're all from home, we don't necessarily do that. And your manager is not the right person to mentor you all the time, right? Because you're reporting to them and they're measuring your work. And if you want to be vulnerable about a topic, um, it's best to do that in a safe environment. And a mentorship program is a great way to do that. And, you know, it's directly connected to how people feel in the workplace. And when people kind of throw like company culture around and they think about tank sets and other things, how I think about it is like, how do people feel when they come to work? And it's a little bit more palpable when people are in person, but virtually 
you know, we know like over the last year, people have been really struggling with, with mental health and security and, um, you know, with so much unknown. And so if you can offer something that makes them feel heard and seen, um, it's only going to have positive results. I love it. We're going to have to make sure this podcast gets heard by a lot of uh, HR people for big businesses <laughs> who might not normally be paying attention to Startup Canada, um, which makes me ask, what happened to uh, all those individuals who wanted uh, you uh, mentally to actually match them up with mentors, but they're not in organizations? Do you, do you still have a solution for them or are they looking elsewhere? Yeah, good question. So our first uh, iteration, mentorship, uh, Mentorly, we've rebranded it and it's just called Mentorly Marketplace. So they can still find us at mentorly.co slash marketplace and they can still sign up and have sessions freely. So um, again, with 2020, a lot of people were out of work or freelancers didn't have a community or consultants and we saw an increase in the marketplace as well. So it's it's still existing and alive and well, um, and people can still have that service. So we're excited to keep that going. If any of the uh, cool, experienced entrepreneurs listening to this podcast, if they feel a need to mentor or give back, is there a place for them to sign up to? Yeah, they can sign up um, on the marketplace if they're not part of an organization, and they can link their calendar and get going right away. Fantastic. All right. Um, You've mentioned a couple times, uh, and I've refused to take the bait so far, but now we will. Um, Startup Canada and Mentorly are working together now. What can you tell me about that project? Yeah, so excited for this project. Um, I started talking to Kayla right when she came on. I don't know how she did it. Right when she took that role um, as the CEO of Startup Canada, the pandemic happened. So They've like really quickly reinvented. We don't blame her, by the way. It's, yeah, her it's not her fault. <laughs> but I remember her calling saying, congratulations. And then in a week, everything <laughs> stopped. Yeah. And we remember at Mentorly being up at Startup uh, Canada Day on the Hill. We were we got a grant. We still have that big check in our office at Mentorly. Cool. Um, and so we're really aware of like the impact that it can have. And so um, with Startup Canada, they're going to be hosting Startup Women, um, right now in March to in celebration of International Women's Day. Um, and they can include, you know, they're including all their partners um, in that to provide mentorship. So, you know, some of those partners that you all have like BDC and, and EDC, they're providing the mentors. So we're really excited to have that reach because, you know, Startup Canada is across Canada and we used to have to drive to Ottawa for some of the events, but this can reach um, kind of countrywide. Um, so we're really happy to be hosting mentorship on Mentorly. Fantastic. And is is this so? Is this just a March thing, or is it going to be an ongoing, uh, continuing project? Yeah, it's going to be ongoing. Um, I can't tell you the other pro programs yet, um, and and Startup Canada will announce the other programs that they're launching throughout the year. But this is the first one. But it's going to be a long-standing partnership. Um, and it's super full circle. Like we have the pictures, we have the check of when we were imagining what Mentor the Enterprise would be, and now we get to work together, which is so great. That is great. One of the th projects that I worked on years ago was advisory boards. I think that every small business, every startup should have an advisory board. And by that, I mean some people, maybe they have a little bit of gray hair. They don't have, it doesn't have to be gray, but they should have experience in a number of areas that are relevant to the startup, to the small business, mm -hmm. and, w and where their skills overlap a bit but are largely compl complementary. And so that you have 
maybe a lawyer or an accountant or a technical person that you can just call up. And, and, I, and I think advisors are really important as part of it. You know how they say uh, cornflakes are part of this nutritious breakfast and then they show you like <laughs> toast with butter. Um, <laughs> um, I, I, I think that mentorship and advisory boards and maybe later on a board of directors are all part of a good, healthy start. <laughs> For yes. a startup, and so I'm wondering what you what 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 you see in terms of the future of mentorship for small business, and how does that overlap with some of the other trends out there, such as more than forming boards of, of of advisory boards or boards of directors? I think boards of directors will always be a legal structure that people will adopt, and I think advisors loosely um, are always something that are are nice to have. I found personally in my experience that you really have to like keep that conversation with advisors going or else they lose interest. And so even if we're talking about mentorship, I think we can take the same principles and take that to to advisors to give people kind of structures, even if it's as simple as saying, you know, can we connect once a month or am I free to call you at any time? Um, because when the gaps between those conversations happen, people get a little bit intimidated and they think, oh, I haven't updated my advisor. I only update them when bad things happen. So I think, <laughs> yes, which yes, I've yes. been guilty of that, right? I think, okay, I've, I didn't get in touch, but now I'm only kind of, you know, dropping when I'm either panicking or celebrating. And I would rather stay in touch just more consistently so they can have a pulse on what the company is and why we're having this problem or why we're having this win. Um, so I think the future of those spaces are a little bit more structured. They can feel natural and, and safe in terms of like, yeah, text them at any time. But I think having some structure really pays off, even from the advisor side, like they know what they're getting into, because you must know as an advisor, you get asked to advise on a lot of different projects and opportunities, but you can only give back if you know what's needed right? You need to have a call to action or an agenda or something that you can take action on. So those are the some of the things like we implement with mentorship, but I think they're, they resonate across. Um, but it's not a simple relationship to manage, I find, because often advisors have their own companies, their own projects, right? They might be fundraising at the same time. So um, having tools to manage those relationships are, are really helpful. Right. Um, as you'll see, I have theories about everything, mm -hmm. uh, is that a mentor is a great thing for an entrepreneur to have. But I think that's thinking small. I think you should have multiple mm -hmm. mentors. They could be in different uh, you know, disciplines, different channels, or it could be that you just want to run some ideas across a couple people. Maybe one's a family friend, one's a business tycoon, and you value both of those experiences, uh, both of those perspectives. So What's your feeling about how an entrepreneur should organize their own sort of mentoring experience? You're correct. We need to have an umbrella of mentors, as they say. An umbrella, I, kind I love of, it. <laughs> yeah. I actually think of it as a parachute of mentors. Um, <laughs> I think that's more realistic for how entrepreneurship feels. And they all kind of are important perspectives, but you're not going to value their perspectives on the same things, you know, at the same time. Um, I think you have to to get those different experiences because you can also get kind of in this hype cycle. So if you're really only connected in people from Silicon Valley and they're looking for unicorns and they say you have to raise five million, you have to raise 10 million and that's the one way of thinking and you never hear a balance of, okay, raise what you need and then grow revenue, you're not gonna have the information on both sides to make an effective 
decision for your own company. Um, and if you have mentors that are all of the similar background, that has a negative effect. So having kind of a diverse set of different industries, different areas, different geographies can really help um, because there, you know, there is a Canadian way of thinking about distribution and then there's an American way or, you know, a European way. And I don't think we should just adopt what's been done. Um, I look to, to companies like that are much bigger than me to learn from. And, and I find like their stories of how they were built and how founders made hard decisions is really inspiring. Um, I look a lot to Lightspeed here in Montreal, um, really respect Dax um, and, and look to him to, to see what's possible. So yeah, you're correct. You need a multitude of, of different mentors, but I think what we, we recognize that mentally is not, it's just not always, um, it's not always certainty that you just get mentors, right? Not everyone has the outgoing personality to say, Hey, let's grab coffee or, um, can I book some time with you? It's not, um, it's not always certain that you have that network that you can get intros to. And, and I think we want to encourage entrepreneurship from different backgrounds. And we've seen it obviously in, in Canada, so many incredible diverse founders from different backgrounds, different industries coming to make a company. And I think if we can build like structures and that's what we're doing at Mentorly where mentorship is more accessible, then it's going to kind of support people longer term. Because I think the the fallacy of just assuming of like, oh, just ask for mentorship, it's just not always that easy. Um, and even once you get there, it's a little bit complicated. Rick's 32nd theory of mentoring <laughs> is that the mentor gets as much out of the relationship as the protege. Do you have any evidence that would support or overrule that? There's lots of evidence. So if you look up the science of giving back, um, what we did a workshop with uh, Dr. Jillian Leithman, um, who's a PhD, um, and she talked a lot about this, of the amount of chemicals in your brain when you do give back and the happiness levels that spike um, are kind of just off the charts. It's one of the things that is um, proven to show in greater purpose and meaning in your life. So, you know, stepping out of like corporate mentorship is just how do we become happier as people? And one way is giving back. So mentorship falls into that category of, of listening to people, active listening, helping them, doing what you can, whether it's like active help introductions or assessment or just passive being a soundboard and, you know, assuring them that what they're going through is normal. So there's a lot of evidence out there that, that the mentor gets um, just as much. And then, you know, zooming in like to this next generation, you know, the big question is like how to hire and, and mesh with Gen Z. And so there's no better way to get to know Gen Z than to talk to them and find out what they care about and what matters to them and how you can build your company to support them. So um, pretty clear that, that mentors get just as much out of the experience that mentees do. I have to ask you, you were a professional dancer for so many years. Were there parts of that life and the discipline and the being in the creative arts like that, did any of that help you help build your, your resilience, your, your, your drive as an entrepreneur? Absolutely. I think um, soft skills are really transferable between industry, even if it doesn't seem like a, a clear connection. As an artist, well, in the dance world specifically, you start training professionally at 11. I had my first job at 18. So you learn a lot about things like being in the flow state, 
about how to take feedback and, and make it into an action right away. Um, resilience is a big thing. Like the chances of becoming a professional ballerina are the same as getting into the NFL. Um, so, you know, just the resilience and keeping on going until it works is like grit. And that's what you need in entrepreneurship. Um, an interesting thing though, with creating art versus creating like a tech product is I believe when you're creating art, if you think too much of the audience, it becomes worse because your consideration goes into like pleasing them. And what would this audience think of this album? What would they think of this piece? Whereas when you're creating tech, you literally just listen to every word that your audience says and then improve it that way. So it's a different approach to creation. Um, but I think there's a lot of transferable skills. And then I was really luckily, luckily um, mentored by my executive director in the U.S. on how to raise funds and capital. Um, it was in a nonprofit capacity, but it definitely led me to have much more confidence when we were going out to ask money or even doing sales. Fantastic. I've got to ask you, just as we sort of fade out of here, um, what are the plans for Mentorly going forward? Are you looking at expansion? Is this something you need to raise any capital for? Are you in, in the market for new talent, acquisitions? What, what's in the grand plan? We're going to be ramping up talent acquisition. Um, we've raised capital um, and we're you know actively having you know, great success in terms of being, you know, revenue driven. Um, so really recruiting the best talent we can in different areas of the business and development and customer success and sales, um, and then expanding into different markets. So we're seeing a lot of success in the, the marketing market right now because large marketing firms are spread out across countries. They are trying to create an active culture. Um, there are some disconnects between those environments in the companies because there's so many subsets. So we're learning a lot about that um, vertical and then expanding into others and going really deep. It's just the beginning, it feels like, with Mentorly Enterprise um, because there's so many use cases for how someone could use Mentorly, but definitely be ramping up our team and then expanding our product. There's some you know, problems that are going to arise later on, I think, in our journey that we're going to tackle, even though we're focused on this experience right now, um, I think there's a huge opportunity for, you know, personal learning and gamification and some fun things like that within our product that we're really excited about. Sounds very exciting. I think the future looks pretty bright at Mentorly. Uh, we've talked about some great things. I think my favorite concept that I've learned is having to have a parachute of mentors or a parachute of advisors would probably apply as well. I, I, mm -hmm. I love that concept. Just to close it out, I'm going to ask you the question I ask everybody at the end. Is there one more nugget, one more piece of advice that you could offer our listening audience uh, for some, some business advice that they could put into effect at their business right away? One of the things that my mentor yesterday shared with me is just shifting your mindset. Um, I think when you're starting a company, there's a lot of excitement and high level energy about your vision. And then as you kind of get into the weeds and operating um, every day and being data driven, um, sometimes we we lose that really earnest mindset that we can do anything and everything. And so I think connecting with yourself and believing in yourself is the most important thing in entrepreneurship. It's such a roller coaster. And so many companies have found that this year to be it. And so just checking your mindset as an entrepreneur and, and the mindset of your team and passing that mindset throughout your team 
um, is going to be really important um, because you only get through it together. And our team is just an exceptional example of that. Um, so that's something that that I'd leave everyone with. Fantastic. That's a, that's a great, uh, great, great, great model for anyone. And I'm glad to hear you're still being mentored, even though you're on top of the world now. Uh, there's still much to learn, right? I'm not on top of the world just learning. I think at any stage of your company, whether you're just starting out, everyone in every role is learning and expanding as they're going, especially as a first-time entrepreneur like I am. Um, and it's super important to have mentorship. We actually encourage our employees to have an hour of mentorship a month and then to give back as well um, because uh, you can't sometimes see like the, the forest from the trees and you need someone to remind you of, of how good you're doing and then answer your burning questions so you don't feel alone. So I think it's really important. All right, Ashley Werhun is the CEO of Mentorly in Montreal and uh, doing amazing work there. I certainly advise you to check that out, see what their business model looks like. And if you want a, want a mentor or if you're interested in being a mentor, maybe there's a role for you in that platform as well. Thank you for joining us in the Startup Canada podcast today. And thank you for choosing to challenge the status quo to help build a more gender balanced world and release the full potential of women entrepreneurs. For more information on Startup Canada's startup women programming or to get involved, go to www.startupcanada.ca slash women. Thank you for joining us this week in the Startup Canada podcast, a weekly show dedicated to unlocking the potential of every entrepreneur. Stay tuned another minute to hear the latest startup community news and the upcoming events lineup, including our hashtag Startup Chats on Twitter every Wednesday and Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time. I sometimes show up there too. Until next week, I'm your Startup Canada podcast host, Rick Spence. 